Welcome to the Fit2 Talk podcast. Mm, you are listening to a guest <laughs> episode during which we discuss the realities of a career in the performing arts with people who are fit to talk about it. Yes, we do. Mm. And if you like what we do, please leave us a five star review. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep, leave us a five star review. That's it. Yeah, That's or it. on Spotify, of course, you can click that lovely follow button. Also, if you like our meaningful, helpful, and accurate information, then. Perhaps fit to perform is for you. For you. Yes, you. <laughs> Specifically you, you listening here. Uh, yeah, no, you can find out more information about that over on our Instagram or over on our website, fit-2.co.uk. I think it's best we move on. I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. We have incredible guests for you on this show, and today is no exception. Oh, what a guest, what a guest. Now, today's guest uh, has credits, including uh, 42nd Street, Newsies, The Palladium Panto, Grease, and White Christmas. But today's guest is part of the stage management team. Mm. Yeah. And it's a fascinating chat. Um, yeah, she's also studying currently to uh, be a personal trainer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely, really lovely uh, discussion, actually, of, of uh, her career, what, what her career involves, what her job involves, if people don't really know what, what that uh, means. And then also just uh, so much lovely personal stuff that she is really vulnerable and willing to share. Yeah. She, it's a very open chat. Very, uh, she's very generous with kind of uh, what stuff that's going on in her life. And um, yeah, really fascinating, really interesting kind of dive down a f quite a few different routes actually we go on quite mm. a few different kind of tangents but some really interesting stuff in there and uh most importantly we talk about bags yes we talk a lot about bags and she <laughs> uh she speaks very eloquently and yes. and beautifully too um she's one of those lovely guests that said great question many times i, I did notice that it's one of my my yeah uh, it's such a wonderful technique for building rapport with people yeah i love it uh, if you're ever asked a question and you think it's good acknowledge even if it isn't <laughs> On that note, please enjoy the wonderful Holly Tilt. It's fit oh. so, yeah, I was at home last night and Maddie's like, what? What happens to your voice when you're doing the podcast? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why it happens. There is definitely a voice... I don't know if I do a voice. Do I do a voice? I don't, I think, don't so. think I do. I think I just talk. Uh, but I'm not consciously doing a voice. It's like this thing that happens when <laughs> we're nice recording. There's a nice kind of tempo to it, your voice, when you're when you're delivering, I guess. I think that's probably what you go into. Ah, I'm yeah. delivering. Yeah, you're <laughs> delivering. You're slightly slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think Is that's that what it right is. Word, it's, it's, you're a bit slower. You're a bit more deliberate with what you're saying. You're a bit, that's it. I think it's when you get closer to the mic, you get a little <laughs> bit more. I think that's it. No, I think you're right. <laughs> because top tip. When I was get growing up, I'd get close to the mic. <laughs> okay. Get closer, get slower. <laughs> then, then you sound great. No, when I was growing up, I'm from, I'm from Cardiff, and obviously that accent is very, very quick. And I came to London, and people were like, what? So what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, what are you saying? Mm. What are you saying? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> and all my acting teachers were like, slow down. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. So I think, I think it is probably that deliberate to go, hey, can hey, you understand what I'm saying? Listen to me. I guess a bit like performing, isn't it? When you're doing your, that's probably where it comes from. Maybe. Maybe you go to performing mode. Uh, well, perhaps. Well, let's assume that it's that. I don't feel like you do that when you perform, though. I don't. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's like so many like places. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's the microphone, I think. It is the mic. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> hey. It's because you can hear yourself. Yes, and I don't like my normal voice. Perhaps. Yeah, so like, that's oh, what it is. Hey. Maybe it's that. <laughs> Maybe like, it is that. I don't like it. Uh, so we've already covered the fact that all three of us have the same bag. Yeah, oh, fantastic. fantastic bag. <laughs> 
which it's, is joyous. It's such a good bag. It, I remember first seeing them around and being like, I want that, immediately got it. Mm-hmm. And now we're at the stage where, well, all three of us have, are in the same room with the same yeah. bag. I'm like a rep for that bag, honestly. People ask me about it all the time. Where did you get that bag from? What do these badges mean? Yeah. A man came, approached me and asked me about the bag and where it came from. He asked me if I worked for the company after. <laughs> I, I gave him like a tour of the bag. Yeah, <laughs> and, nice, um, nice. He was telling me that it's kind of... He said it looks like it's based on the design for a army day pack. And mm-hmm. um, so he told me all about day packs. And I was like, how do you know all this? He was like, how do you think? And, um, <laughs> so he actually knew a whole lot more about the bag and gave me these crazy tips. And then um, this was, I was just minding my own business in a coffee shop. And then um, at the end, he asked if he could, he walked me to the gym. And then he asked if he could um, take my number. And I said, no, like, that's not really what's going on here. I'm really sorry. And he was like, no, no, I want to show you my bag. And the next day he sent me a video, a WhatsApp, and he gave me a tour of his actual army day pack. Yeah, it's the bag. It makes friends and bag. everything. Yeah. Wow, he could, have, he could have been clearer about what was going yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was misleading. It was know, quite but, misleading. Uh, can, I, can I grab your number? I just want to show uh, you my bag. I just want to show you my bag. Is this a ruse? Because <laughs> if that's an opening line, then it's not the best. No. <laughs> so I can show you my bag. What were these fantastic bag tips that he shared with you, though? Yeah. I actually can't remember. Maybe we should watch the video. But um, you know the bit at the front with all the... Yes. I have always wondered what that's like for. Like webbing. Yeah, I don't know what the word yeah. is, but um, so you get like a thing that weaves through all of them so you can attach stuff really properly to the oh. bag um, and then also he was telling me about in the army they have like little attachments with kind of neon and like so glow in the dark features and stuff like that wow. so yeah I'll let you know I'll do some I'll re-watch the video if you could and, yes, uh, please, yeah, <laughs> please report back to us what else we can do with if our anything, bags I'm devastated that you haven't already <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit like I, I, wait I can store more on my bag yeah, oh, that's absolutely. fantastic. That's on the outside I, as on well. The outside, yeah, I yeah. can make it bigger than it yeah. already is. Not it's just... already the size of me. So. <laughs> Do you have fear of this when you store things on the outside of the bag? Even the bottles on the outside and stuff, I'm like, someone's going to nick it. It's a bit, well, it's, the ball, it's ballsy, isn't it? If yeah. you're going to nick somebody's it H2O, whoa. But it's so yeah, like, come on now. <laughs> Also, not, a, not fellow, a right. fellow built for athletes person wouldn't steal something from your bag. No, that's Surely, true. that's no, a club. No, that is true. <laughs> that was a plug for the built, yeah, for, built athletes. for athletes. Just to yeah. be clear, we're <laughs> athletes. Yeah, if, you have, if you have no idea what we're talking about with these bags, just just pop into Google "built for athletes." It will pop up immediately. Yeah, if you if you've seen me strolling around town, you've definitely oh, seen no, me. They haven't seen you the bag because they've seen the bag. They've seen the bag. You oh, see the bag yeah. first, and you're obscured. That's by the problem with me as well. Gosh. Do you have badges on your bags? Because I I curated mine quite carefully. Have you? I see. I I was thinking about um, that. What have you got on yours? Well, well, I thought that the colour of the bag was going to be the main issue, and then I had to choose the badges, and then I had to just like choose how to arrange them. Do you want to see my badges? I do. I do. Yeah, I I, I, I love the colour. The colour of the bag is lovely. Oh, here we go. The bag is on display. Here we go. So I think this is probably my favourite. Audio description, Bobby. Okay. Okay. So top one, we've got lift heavy. Great mm-hmm. choice. Then we got the built for athletes one, which is in the lovely same colors as the bag. Which um, I have, I have the. That's the only one that I have on mine is the built for athletes one. Yeah. Uh, then we've got, which is a great one, single taken at the gym, taken at, at the gym. Oh yeah. Just like one of those classic like little things you used to pass around the bus. Yeah. Like, so once um, another guy in another coffee shop asked me about. He was laughing about the badge, mm. and um, I think then it kind of the conversation went in that sort of direction. I was like, "Well, you don't, you don't need to ask, do you? Because you've read you've read the bag." <laughs> yeah. So it's all very clear. Again, it's on the bag. You saw the army guy. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got eat clean, train dirty. Love that. Strong. It's love that. I'm always days. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> always training dirty. And then HT, which is for hormone therapy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that, without that, yeah. No, just no. really plug in. Honestly, <laughs> advocate. You're just a real, real advocate in there. Uh, what You don't only have the built for athletes. I only have the built for athletes. Yeah, I, I lost behind. one of mine. I can't remember what the other one was. I've got a Wales flag. 
Yep. And mine says personal trainer on it. And oh. you oh. would not believe the number of people that go, oh, you're a personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> no, the bad oh, matches. I'm like, no. No. What? What is the? There's only one possible answer to that. There's only one reason that I would do that. However, the best thing about it is that it does actually result in people then speaking to you about that. Oh, and sure. Has resulted in people signing up as clients. Oh, that's quite a cool. No little sales technique. You need yeah. a fit too badge because they do. meet you from we different do things. Need a fit too badge. Oh my god, that is one thing I thought. Because I thought about immediate. I thought yeah. about getting a croissant as, as, as a bakery. As a thing, back bakery. In the day. Yeah, that's what I thought about doing. So we should definitely get a fit to one. Fit I mean, uh, we're going to get on that immediately after this episode. You don't understand? Because we do have merch. <laughs> we legit actually <laughs> will. We do have that's merch. It's just not available for people yet. Yeah, this is just on us. We yeah. just I have the merch. See it, but not well, over here, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, there. It's because I sweat through my clothes. <laughs> I sweat so much that I have to just change clothes. But then we've got newer merch than this. Too. We do. That's the old merch. Yes. At some point, merch will be available for people. And you could get a Velcro patch like the front of the bag and just change your badges. Oh my oh, god! Yes. We're coming up with so many great ideas. Oh my god! <laughs> but still, I'm, I'm going to get a patch for the bag. We definitely need to get a patch for the bag. Yeah, I just don't like the ones you have to sew on. No, you that's know, most patches. Most yeah. patches you have to sew on. Yeah. I suppose you could sew Velcro onto a thing, but again, yeah. I can't sew. I feel like Etsy will be able to sort us out. <laughs> Something on Etsy will be able to sort us out. Done. Sold. Come on now. Well done, Etsy. Come um, on, Etsy. Before Etsy. we kick off proper, um, <laughs> just bag chat. <laughs> bag chat. That's the whole episode. That's all we're going to talk about. We'll call this one bag chat. Yeah, okay with that. Actually, we should just do a fit to talk. Um, non-guest episode called Bag Chat. Bag Chat. It'll be... <laughs> Please could you actually? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll just be you that listens to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there all Such day. Such a niche <laughs> So, at some point during this episode, would you be willing to try and tell us a lie? I'm willing, and I will try. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I like that. Uh, if you're listening on, and this is your first Fit Two Talk episode that you're listening to, then we like to ask our guests to tell a lie. And at some point towards the end of the episode, we will guess what we think that lie is, and we was. will probably fail. We have a really good track record of failing. And uh, we'd like you to also guess, so listen in carefully and tell us if you got it right. Listen in. <laughs> Did you just so, move closer to the microphone You went there? so podcast there. Listen in. <laughs> so listen in carefully as we move on from this topic. Okay. Uh, so um, you actually came across us. I did. How did that happen? How did that happen? Well, um, you guys on my radar, I don't know exactly how. Um, we move in quite the same circles, but we've mm. never actually officially crossed paths, I don't no. think. So um, I don't know quite how I came across Fit2. Um, Bobby, I know you were at my press night for Jack and the Beanstalk. I was indeed. With a beautiful mutual friend of ours. Um, and I'd seen you in Joseph. Ah. Uh, a friend of mine was the stage manager on that. And I think just kind of many things fell into place. So social media is how I found out about you guys. Um, and I knew you were in the industry. Um, I knew we'd sort of virtually cross paths and um, I knew you were also personal trainers. And I had questions um, kind of mostly about personal training um, and just thought you'd be good, good resources for me and good people to ask. And so, yeah, I am. Um, I slid into the DMs in a very professional sense. Yes, meaningful, helpful and accurate information. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Slips out in those DMs. Yes, who was the friend that was the stage manager on, on Joseph? Sam. Sam Rickson. Ah, yes. <laughs> the legend. I actually first met Sam on... Matilda tour when he did uh, his like yes. first yes. job yeah on that uh, I first met him on Rock of Ages yes we should get him on <laughs> should we actually should get Sam <laughs> he's very um, busy as you yeah, can imagine he's there. so busy <laughs> but, yes yeah, and uh, yeah I can I would like to see him in a podcasty kind of setting I don't know how he'd handle that but um 
might be a microphone thing as well for him. He might change as soon as he gets a front of a sudden. It's like he's got the god mic. Yeah, exactly. Sam, it's just a god mic. You don't need to worry. And you straight into it. Just imagine this is a tech. It'll be fine. We should explain what a god mic is for people who don't know. Go on then. Okay. The god mic is that microphone that they use from the desk out in the auditorium during the tech rehearsal process that overrides everything else happening. And they usually tell people to shut up. Usually they do tell people politely to be quiet. Often just now have like a little holster yeah. for their belt so you can just carry the god mic around with you whip it out Batman style god mic it up Batman style Batman god mic Batman mic that's that. far more Bat mic. exciting utility <laughs> belt I <laughs> oh, see that's merch. what we're missing merch that's the, the next level utility belt oh, I'd love I'd a utility belt yeah. an episode on that please the only waist trainer you need <laughs> The, Write that down. The marketing <laughs> writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, we don't God, even need AI for it. Yes. Oh, literally, is all in there. Um, so, <laughs> yes. tell us, how does the story of Holly Tilt's life begin? How does my story full begin? Full name, all the time. <laughs> Always full All name. the time, I get it a lot, yeah. Um, so, my life begins in Dorset, which is very lovely. Um, so, I grew up in Sleepy Dorset in a little tiny village. Um, I went to a very small primary school, I think probably about 100 students altogether. Um, and then I went to a secondary school in the close town and then I went to college and then to Brislovic Theatre School. That's kind of my like educational trajectory. Um, in terms of, I guess, a question would be how did I get into sort of theatre mm. and how did I also end up in um, kind of like I'm edging my way into a more of like a health and fitness and wellness kind of area now. Um, so I was thinking about this yesterday when I was doing my lengths in the pool and... Um, <laughs> I think that without me realising it, sport and also theatre and I guess my side of theatre is much more kind of backstage and organisational and kind of organisational elements were quite present in my kind of childhood and growing up without me knowing about them. So or being necessarily aware of them at the time. So um, unknowingly, I'm from quite a sporty family, so I'm one of four siblings and we all played rugby. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh, God. Yes. So, what position um, did you play? So I started as a fullback and then I was a centre and then I was a loose head. So oh, I don't know. Okay. No, Wait, no. So that's going to put me in. She's a rogue. <laughs> you start, really you started is. off at the right part of the field and then just went south from and there. Then, well, something happened. But I was a great, I was a great loose head because I'm quite fast. So um, I would kind of pop out and Very run cool and everyone would be like, what, a loose head running? What's going on here? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of an advantage for me. If people have no idea what a loose head is, yeah. in, in, in the scrum, when they meet up together, one on one side, the person's head is rammed tight between two other people. Obviously, if you use three fingers to, to show from both hands, one one person's head is out loose and the other's is crushed. So um, and it's loose. A, a tight, tight head prop has like mangled ears yeah. and a loose head is usually fine. I'm fine, yeah. So if, if you're going to be one of those three yeah. at the front, Let's choose yeah, the pick your position. Yeah, hundred percent. I was I was in the front of a uh, of a scrum once, and I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Sensible fullback as far as where you. Yeah, I was yeah. like fullback on the wing. <laughs> at worst, like a number thirteen. When I was like, oh, I have more to do now. This sucks. I just wanted to run for the whole time. Just run, yeah. yeah someone throw me the ball, and I'll run with it. Literally, yeah. Yeah. or just like yeah. running for position on the field, blocking yeah. it off. I'm like, cool, chill, run, hand off. <laughs> no to the no. scrum. I started off as a hooker. Then, then kind of moved further and further away from the ball yeah. until the I was in the changing room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And then they were like, you're never allowed back on the rugby pitch again. Oh, man. Now, I started off in the scrum and then went like fly half, centre, wing, bench. Okay. <laughs> so where in Dorset was it? 
Um, so I'm from nearest a town called Sherborne. Sure. Oh, I was very. I was in Dorset like three days ago. Fantastic. Um, I was in Dorset a couple of weeks ago. Everybody go. <laughs> <laughs> go to Dorset. Dorset's the place to be. <laughs> Why? Come on. Why? Sure. Okay. So, how come is rugby big there? Or yeah. So weirdly, Sherborne is a tiny little town, um, but it has like three or maybe four pri- like schools, including a number of private schools. Um, and so yeah, weirdly, rugby is big there, and there's a lot of kind of like rugby rivalry. Um, and Sherborne Town rugby like the club is quite well known and quite kind of like you know they do well in i guess you'd call it club club level yeah. i haven't played yeah. rugby for a few years that's <laughs> is it club <laughs> is it club level i'm like um, that when i don't watch anything any sport for like three months i've forgotten everything i'm like what, what's the main league in football I'm like, okay so you were playing rugby for quite a while then if you moved positions that much um, yeah, so I played club rugby and then I played county rugby and then I played regional. Um, my region was called Southwest North and we played Southwest <laughs> South and Southwest East and um, on like that. So yeah, that was interesting. Uh, was, was, did Southwest West exist? Uh, they did. That's fantastic. <laughs> on Southwest West. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot to get out on the, yeah. on the line, isn't it? Southwest West, go go. So um, yeah, it's very wordy. Chance. They needed a microphone. So yeah. how did you get from, because that's pretty high level rugby playing. Me- I'm going to get medium. <laughs> yeah, med- medium height. Medium, medium level. Medium level. Play, I'd say. Like, I think, to me, I'm like, that's, that's pretty... I'll take that. Yeah, that is. That is <laughs> Was that not something you wanted to pursue? Um, I think, well, I stopped playing rugby because I needed to get a job and the jobs available to me were um, waitressing and you can't be a waitress and say, I'm not really interested in doing on a Saturday night or a Sunday shift. So I gave up rugby to go and serve roasts to people, which is a little bit sad, but maybe not for the people receiving the roast, perhaps. No, the, the ro- <laughs> They're question, delighted. Question mark? They're the like, roast fantastic. sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Where was it? Was it like oh, a Oh, no, local? not a good place. No, it was, no, <laughs> oh. not the one. A, di- a dive, I'd call it like a big Marston's pub. Okay. Um, that okay. was my first, yes. But, you know, that's where I once, a drama teacher, not mine, once said that, um, Working as like a waitress or behind a bar is where you kind of get the most opportunity to observe people. And um, if if you're wanting to be an actor, for example, he was really plugging kind of observing people in those situations and coming across many different characters and that being a really good resource. So, um, you know, all good things. It's so true Mm. because alcohol shows you people at their worst and you get to see like real, or in my opinion, sorry, it shows shows people at their worst. Um, And you get to see the horror of people. I worked in a, I've done loads and loads of random jobs when I was like, 15 to 18 I worked in a sweet shop and it had a glass front <laughs> yeah literally a sweet shop you look so excited then guys <laughs> a sweet shop you don't understand how excited <laughs> I was I didn't know this did I you know no I love this oh my god there was a chocolate fountain and uh, the manager wasn't there they were in the, a different shop yeah. so it was just me and this other girl and so we tried everything that was there and we put everything in the chocolate fountain. Fantastic. So if you can, well, there, was a, there was a Greg's on the corner. We also tried everything, <laughs> savory and sweet from the Greg's in, in the, the chocolate, chocolate fountain. fountain. Yeah. Sausage roll in the chocolate fountain? Yeah. Tried it. Any recommendations? Um, uh, loads, but it's an entire episode. Okay. But that glass front meant that on the high street, we could just stand and watch people as they went past. And you'd just do that, observe them and go, what the hell is happening to these people and weirdly over like a couple of years you start cultivating this imagination of like what people are actually really like and and the stories they tell did you find that that was 
the outcome or did you go this is nonsense and I hate it the the roast the waitressing yes um I've done a number of waitressing jobs in my time um and I think they've kind of gotten be- better and better um <laughs> kind of I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but um yeah we've gone up scale and yes most recently I was working in a really beautiful restaurant serving kind of like we've gone from like a Marston's roast to like Chateaubriand and um bottle of champagne on a casual Saturday. So those kinds of establishments, yeah, absolutely. A real pleasure to speak to people and just observe people and um, engage in conversation. And the tips are probably better. No doubt. No (laughs) doubt, no doubt. I'm like, yes, please. Yeah, I'll take those tips. (laughs) Uh, So how did you get from playing sport in Dorset to deciding to do this as a career? Yeah, so really that's a great question. Playing sport in Dorset. um, So I went to... um, college rather than sixth form um to do um a magical combination of art history history of art and drama <laughs> so drama is the outlier in those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i hadn't pursued drama at all before so i don't i don't really know why i went down that route oh, wow um and so and i wasn't actually interested in performing sorry everybody um and so um <laughs> I was wanting to pursue kind of an art and design kind of career. And I also um, then went on to do an art and design foundation year after my A-levels. It wasn't, I was heading for like an event manager kind of role. Um, And I, my uncle who's worked in the West End for years, he's um, a pianist and um, a very brilliant man. And he married um, a stage manager and I'd never heard of stage manager being a role before. And I was at this kind of like pivotal time where I was choosing what to do for my degree and um, stage manager came on my radar and I'd never heard of theatre school before either. And I just kind of opened up these conversations. Um, I went to college in Strode, which is really near Bristol. And um, I live near, like I grew up sort of sort of near Bristol. And so Bristol Vic came on my radar quite quickly. And then it all just kind of like annoyingly for other people when I describe it like oh and then it all just fell into place (laughs) um obviously I worked hard and um I pursued it quite fiercely with a lot of people not really understanding because Mm. nobody I knew had been to theatre school or knew what stage management was um and I was up against kind of other people who were being interviewed who'd done like a year kind of a b-tech year in technical theatre and I was like where have you been doing these courses because I had no idea this was a thing (laughs) Um, so yes, all of those things fell into place and that's how I ended up at the Bristol Vic. And, um, that's kind of how I'm here now doing the job that I'm doing. That's so cool. Yeah. That's, I love that it can kind of happen in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you can kind of just start these conversations and kind of slowly like find other avenues and find other experiences that you could go down and you go, Hey, that's really cool. Yeah. How can I use my skills yeah. in, a, in a world that I enjoy? I, I've been, um, I was having a really interesting conversation with my sister just a couple of days ago about, I think it was sparked by the women's football. Mm. And then we were just talking, I'm kind of, we'll probably get into it at the moment. I'm on a cusp of a potential career change, not, not by choice, but um, about how if you haven't got an example of something, for example, a woman playing football, then you don't necessarily know that it's an option. Mm-hmm. And quite often, like when people kind of really go out against the crowd, seemingly so, it's because they're pursuing something that seems out of their reach because them and people around them haven't seen somebody do it. And so it doesn't, or it almost doesn't occur to you. And so I've, I've kind of been thinking about that recently a lot in different areas. And I suppose you could apply my, my experience um, to that as well. That's fascinating. I think that's absolutely true. And yeah. it's something that uh, certainly was 
thrust into my brain during the Me Too, uh, not the Me Too movement, sorry, the Black Lives Matter um, stuff when you go, oh, actually, that this is why representation is important across the board. Mm. And, and women's football is a fantastic example of it. At the time of recording, women from <laughs> England have just lost the final. Yeah. Um, oh, devastating. But, but really good game. It was amazing, and they played super well. So I'm like, it was it was better than a lot of the men's football I've seen. It's so much better than men's in football. a while. Oh my God, <laughs> so much better than men's football. Um, and yeah, that 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 how are you meant? Like, it's actually the same thing as you just described about those courses. You go, where did you do these courses? Because you didn't have an example of it in your life. Like, it's why quite often you look at people who go, oh my, for me, my dad was in theatre, so I'm like, oh, I knew this thing existed, so I could go into it, and that it, that is a privilege in itself, and so. Uh, yeah, I love it when it's not that. Yeah. And you go, oh, you've forged your own path in, into it. this. And as that part of that stage management team, right, like how do you go about getting a job? Great question. <laughs> um, so my very first, first job when I was still at the theatre school was, so the Bristol Vic Theatre School is kind of affiliated with the Bristol Old Vic, but not really. I think everyone thinks that, like, if you go to the theatre school, you've immediately got a job at the theatre, and but it doesn't quite work like that. Um, and they're very separate, really. So my first job was um, a job role came up to be a stage manager for their young company at the Bristol Old Vic. Um, and a tutor that I had at the time used to work at the Bristol Old Vic, and she recommended me for it, knowing that I was available. And... Um, in Bristol over the summer and hopefully she thought I was kind of good <laughs> and um, that's how I got that job and then my first kind of like big musical job was um, White Christmas the musical which was at Curve Theatre um, and that just got popped up I'm I'm not for these kind of like social media Facebook or, we're, or Instagram like oh we're looking for these job roles mm. it just doesn't sit quite right with me but um, that being said that's how that job became available and somebody said to me did have you thought about doing this? Because I had no idea what I was going to do when I graduated. I was like, oh, this is a nice little young company job for the summer. And then dot, dot, dot. Like I didn't have anywhere to live and mm. I didn't know what I was going to go on to next. I was very aware that I was about to become very self-employed and um, just not really knowing how to deal with that either. Um, and so White Christmas came on my radar and I applied for it and interviewed for it just like a normal job and um, was given that opportunity. And then it all kind of rolled on from there. So quite frustratingly, when you're training, I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but certainly in technical theatre, um, a lot of it is, oh, it's it's your personality and, it, and it's who you know. And you're like, great, well, how do I get to know anyone mm -hmm. who knows anyone and then get that ball rolling? Um, so I worked on White Christmas Musical and then I saw that an opportunity was coming up for um, Grease the Musical, which had been at curve and it was the same director and so I kind of made my intentions clear that I wanted to apply for it and he put in a good word for me and um, then my stage manager from that team um, wanted to take me on to the next show which was my first panto at the Palladium and it all kind of it's kind of rolled on like that so I've been very lucky um, although I, I heard a it was probably on one of the podcasts I relentlessly listened to. I'm I'm, ver I'm very good for being like, I heard someone say once some sort of like half information. <laughs> so there's a beautiful, there's a lovely quote out there that says something like, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And um, I kind of, I think that's kind of, I say I'm lucky, but then there's also that going on in the background as well, I think. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yes. I. This is something that I... I talk about a lot when people uh, people say things like they're like, "Oh, it was meant to be," and I, I'm like, uh, 
because I'm not religious, I don't, I don't think I believe in fate. That for me describes what what it is. And you go, some people go, oh, I, I deserve this. I've worked really hard. And you're like, okay, so is everybody else. You just got the opportunity as well. That's not negating the hard work you did. It's that you've put that preparation in, and you got the opportunity at that same time, and that's resulted in this outcome. Yeah. But that doesn't mean yeah. there aren't people who've worked just as hard as you or harder who haven't had the opportunity, or the other yeah. way around. And I think it's important to recognize that in yourself, because then you can stay humble. You go, I worked my ass off and I do deserve this. Mm. And I'm also lucky yeah. to have had the opportunity yeah. to be in that position. You know, both of those things are true. And sorry, we just no, want no, to have a rant nice, about it. It's nice. It's true. Like we can, we quite often say, oh, I'm so lucky to be in that job or I'm so lucky to do this thing, whatever it is. But just saying it's lucky doesn't kind of it's take, half. it's not the whole picture. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, like you said, like opportunity without the hard work, you're, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And hard work without the opportunity also not going to happen. So we say lucky and I kind of, sometimes I say that and I go, ah, that doesn't feel like the right word. It doesn't feel like the right thing that we're saying there because actually it's more than that. Uh, I love this description of how you get jobs because that's every stage manager I know like describes that process. Sure. And I think it's fascinating that it sort of, it both feels like a, a really positive thing yeah. and maybe a negative one too. Yes. Yeah. That like from the, if you're not part of that, I reckon it would feel like a closed shop. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I agree. But on the, the flip side of it is that people are getting jobs based on merit and previous work that they've worked with. And, and you have to work so tightly with a group of people. Yeah that there's positives to going, I already know what this person brings and the vibe they bring. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That this is going to be a homo harmonious process for the next 12 months or whatever it might be, because otherwise it's horrible. Because I've definitely, I've been on both sides of it where I've been applying for like a really big job that I've really wanted. And it's almost like they're putting out a job advert just as kind of like a complimentary we're being seen to do this but we already know who the team's going to be yeah and i've been on that side of it and it's been really really frustrating um but on the flip side of it i know that pe people who um for example would like to work um at the palladium doing panto i've been lucky to do that for a number of years now um this would hopefully be my fourth year doing it but part of the reason they ask for those teams back is because any tech is like a crazy amount of pressure and needs to do things really quickly and um, quite stressful and you need to know where people's strengths are and so if you have a team that have worked together already and you and there's kind of like rightly or wrongly when you're in a tech or a stressful situation people you might speak to somebody in a way that you wouldn't normally or somebody might ask something of you that might be a little bit questionable and if you already know each other and you know how you will work it makes everything a lot smoother a lot quicker and like our main job is to keep people safe and I think mm. that quite often if you're not worrying about the team's dynamic because you already know what it's going to be you can actually focus on on what you're doing mm. I think that's an important question to ask uh, which is realistically I don't know this is a really boring question for some people so forgive me um, what are the roles within a stage management team and what is expected of each of those things you know sure. you don't feel like you need to give no, me an essay great. answer but <laughs> like um, I shall try uh, every inside. single role <laughs> in 3,000 words or fewer here we go um, so I often describe my job I say to, people ask what I do and I say I, I work in theatre and they're very excited and I say I work backstage just before you ask me any questions um, and they say okay I, and I say I'm an assistant stage manager and I would describe that as everything that you don't see so if the stage management team are doing a good job then you don't know that they're there because everything's running sort of seamlessly um so um in a kind of like I let's say a musical stage management team um you would have um a stage manager 
and their job role. Gosh, if I get this wrong, I'm really good at what I'm talking about. Um, so a stage manager is um, responsible for, um, let's say, running the stage. And that's so kind of everything that comes on and off stage. And when you're talking about big flying pieces of scenery, anything that flies in and out. And then their main job is to keep everybody safe and to make sure that everything is running smoothly as it should be. Um, so quite often you guys might have seen a stage manager during a show and you're thinking, they're just roaming around. Like, what are they doing? I've not seen, yeah. I've not seen them actually do anything or lay their hands on anything. And that's ideal because it means that they've got eyes and ears everywhere, everywhere. And um, often in a big show like Joseph, for example, they'll be spotting fly pieces in and out and um, making sure that um, it's happening as it, like at the time that it should. And also that, you know, the fly piece is going to come in. It's not going to get stuck on anything that there's no one underneath it. And it's, it's really is, I guess, very, very simply eyes and ears everywhere um, and making sure that everything's running smoothly. Um, obviously the rehearsal process is quite different. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of learning the show kind of like from paper or model box and ground up and learning and putting together the track in terms of exactly what's going to be flying in and when it's going to be flying in. And um, yeah, I'd say that's, I'm just scouring my brain to think if there's anything that I've missed let's, for a stage manager role. But there'll let's be say other things. Yeah. There will there <laughs> there, most there's, definitely there's be other things. More. We didn't ask you to prep an entire process of the stage management team, so, so we'll, we'll forgive you. <laughs> Please, <laughs> nobody employ me after this, yeah. like, based on this episode. <laughs> um, so then you'd usually have two assistant stage managers and um, your assistant stage managers will be your, in your stage left and your stage right wing, and they are assisting the stage manager. So I'm usually an assistant stage manager and um, I prefer the stage left wing if anybody does want to hire me <laughs> um, for no real reason at all. But um, so I would be responsible for um, everything that's coming on and off stage. So that's um, not always actors, but it's a good assistant stage manager would have an eye on entrances. And so if you're not there one day, for example, it would be good of me to be able to say, hey, this person's not here. And they usually are like, <laughs> that might be a bit of a problem um, and kind of furniture and um, yeah, furniture, actors, props. Um, all in the wing Which of managing. Which those are the hardest to manage? <laughs> props. Yeah, pro yeah, because the actors, the actors have got walk them, off yeah. with them. Yeah. <laughs> the talking props. <laughs> Us. My puppets. Always playing with the props. Yeah, always. Always playing with the props. Well, that's no, a problem, no isn't comment. it? <laughs> that's why we. That's, that's why we, you have to make friends with the stage management team. So they don't hate Do you, you have when to you make friends with the props. You annoy, them. <laughs> <laughs> you annoy them by playing with the props. Yes. So you play with the props with them, and then it's okay. That's it. Then it's okay. Exactly right. We're all having fun together. <laughs> yeah. You decided this was fine, right? Until you like put it down. Leave the props alone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is when you feel most like a child as an actor. I think as well. Is, I if think that's right. I'll, I'll put it back. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we've ever played with props. Understood. Never. Understood. Never. <laughs> and uh, so a DSM. DSM is responsible for calling the show. Sometimes you might hear them um, referred to as a show caller as well. So it's quite a tricky one to explain the DSM, but um, they have what's called the book, which um, is like the show's Bible, basically. Um, and so during rehearsals, they will be noting down everything that happens. So... Um, actors props scenery goes on and off and where that might happen um and then during the show the have you guys seen a book before yes the, that little face. oh my god <laughs> yes, they're wild there's <laughs> just so much so much there's a lot going on and every dsm seems to write it in a slightly very different way yeah, yeah which is personal. nice it's cool it really yeah. is um so they would have a copy of the score and the script and they're basically annotating it um, and marking in every time sound or lighting 
changes every time something flies in. I'm trying to think what else you would have in a book. Again, sorry, everyone. Anything that happens in the show, right? Anything that happens in the show. And they'll be, yes. they'll be, oh gosh, the pyros. And they'll be calling Panto it. Pyros, so, um, yeah. A DSM will have the book in front of them. They will be the voice of the show. Everybody's got the DSM in their ears. And so when they say go, somebody presses a button and that all happens exactly in LXQ time. LXQ 549. Go. <laughs> it's like so much quicker, so many no, cues. Well, sometimes, oh it's nice. and sometimes it's not. Sometimes, oh, I've, I, well, I'm, I'm not working, so I'm available. <laughs> I, I, so, I love when they're like LXQ 200 through 235. Go. Yeah, in like, one that's block. a lot that's of one <laughs> Yeah, well, on some shows. That's a lot of But the number one rule on comms is you never ever say go. That's yeah. the, the DSM is the only person. So sometimes you get a little geo. You could shall we geo on that? Or um yeah, I've said I have <laughs> I have in my time said the G word when I shouldn't have I almost with the headphones on and near microphone, I was really reluctant then to actually say. <laughs> I'm, you, I'm scared to say it now actually. Did you get in trouble? <laughs> oh, I got in trouble. I was um rightly i was um yeah there was i got a lot of backlash on the old comms so um fair i my retort was um so our dsm at the time it was on newsies actually um our dsm at the time was called andy and i was like well andy says it all the time <laughs> <laughs> well, well that's fine well played <laughs> if he can do it yeah just deflect deflect so, <laughs> so that that role or those yes. roles yeah. asm specifically can be hugely physical right yes absolutely absolutely yes yeah, especially if you're on a touring show. So you would usually have a tech ASM and an ASM book cover. The ASM book cover's job is to cover the DSM. Um, so they would learn the book and they would call the show a number of times per week. There are lots of reasons why that would happen. Um, and then a tech ASM is um, sort of to cover the stage manager. And also they do the ins and outs every week. So if you're on a big touring musical and you are loading a show in and out every week, that's a very that's a very physical job, which I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's often underestimated and um certainly i found that um so i came at theater and then later on became interested in kind of like fitness and wellness and a huge gap that i can see in our industry especially where touring is concerned is that um the technical and kind of backstage teams don't look after themselves and aren't encouraged to look after themselves in the same way it's just not as kind of i guess obvious as if you are an actor, um, I know you guys have said a number of times, um, and I was listening to an episode of yours the other day about how actors should be treated like athletes, because that's essentially what you're doing. Um, but same for stage management and, and backstage and technical mm. people, the amount of stress and strain on their bodies every week. And also to go from like loading a show in and out and then potentially like sitting at a desk for a week and, yeah. and operating the yeah. show in that way. And then also the kind of lifestyle, especially on tour. Um, not only is it a very sociable job, um, but the hours are very unsociable and you're traveling for a whole year and sleeping in a bed and that isn't yours every week. And then also kind of the nutrition side of things, I, I get quite worried about because mm. you're being given, you know, a touring allowance, which is great, but um the way that you spend that, if you don't have time to like cook your own food or you don't have digs where you can cook and you're eating out like however many nights a week. Um, so yes, very kind of like physically and mentally. I've got a bunch of clients who are part of stage management teams or even lighting uh, whatever backstage and in, in various things and, and those challenges are crazy hard to deal with. Mm. One thing I wanted to uh, like touch on what you just said, like on... A couple of shows I've done, the, the stage management tracks have been hugely physical. And on one show in particular, which shall remain nameless, um, it, it just kept injuring 
anyone they ended up replacing people because they got like severely injured because the health and safety was rubbish. Uh, and then, you know, they kept having to bring new people in and they would come into this show and then be like, oh my God, this yeah. is like physically hugely demanding, you know, dealing with certain pieces of set that weighed preposterous amounts of, uh, and, and you're not screened for that in any way. It's like, oh God, I just have to put this much effort in now and my body's like, yeah. what the hell mm. is happening? Is yeah. that something you've experienced? Um, what do you mean? Sorry, what do you mean? Is that crazy something? physical demands of your <laughs> crazy job? Crazy physical demands. Um, I can't think of any sort of like specific examples, um, but I know certainly kind of like heavy lifting and moving set pieces and kind of like I've experienced it more in terms of I'll go to lift something and somebody will be like, no, no, don't, don't you do that? And I'm like, no, no, that's not what's <laughs> happening here. Like I'm, per I'm perfectly capable, but yeah. I'm um, somebody who's like, I'm quite strong anyway. And then I so I go to the gym a lot and take care of myself in that way. But um, yeah, I don't, I can't think of a, <laughs> no, no, an no, don't you do that. <laughs> You're like, I could lift you. Yeah. No, no, I will. Trust me. <laughs> I got this. But it really is interesting. Like, so I've done a bit of casual crew back in the day in Wimbledon and it's, I just think it's overlooked, like how physically demanding it is. Like, particularly on like a Saturday, like say you're touring, you're doing weekly touring, get you get to the theatre at what, say 11 o'clock maybe to kind of prepare the stage and get everything ready. Then you've got two shows, you've got a reset in between the two shows, mm. and then you're doing the get out. And depending on the size of the show, like that get out could take you till like five, six, seven in the morning, mm. no problem. And you go, that is hugely demanding. And there's nothing really in place. No. To help with that, like there's no there's no warm up, for example, like yeah. that's one thing. There's no warm up. There's no kind of preparing your body for. go and be a casual crew for a few years because I kind of understood then kind of what goes into it and the level of technical ability, the level of skill and the level of just effort. It's mm. just baffling and it's, um, yeah, it's huge. It's a great observation about crew actually because I think, and we, we briefly covered the um, roles of the stage management team earlier, but I think people often don't know um, the, the kind of difference between your stage management team, your technical team, which would um, include lighting and sound, and then your crew, yeah. or sometimes what you'd call stage hands. And so um, a crew role is quite often in like, um, on tour, in touring theatre, you would have local crew and it's usually about, Oh, I'm, I'm saying about six, but I don't know if that's right. I guess four to six people. And yeah. you're absolutely right. They would have done the load in and um, then they'll have done sort of a crazy tech on a touring show and then be expected to do the show and then do shows for the whole week and then do the load out. And then sometimes what you have is a show leaving and then another show coming in the next morning and then mm. they're just going to roll on and do the same. And they are far less looked after because um, I... I'm always kind of like, I'm going to get involved. If I'm asking somebody to do something, um, quite often in my role, I'll, I will be kind of in charge of the crew in my wing. Um, if I'm asking someone to do something, then I'll join in and do it and do it with them. But there's definitely a line when you're touring and you're thinking, I'm doing this every week. Like I'm actually going to stand back here and you guys can do it. But I'm, I'm aware of looking after myself and my stage manager will be aware of looking after me. But 
you're absolutely right. Nobody's looking after those people and those guys who are doing it week in, week out. And it's just like hard graft. It's hardcore. Like you said, even if you did a warm up at the start of a seven hour get out, whatever it might be, like you might not lift something really heavy until three hours in. Until the end. (laughs) When you're packing up the truck. Until right at the end when you've got a lift up about it. And then you're like, oh, I'm just doing like a preposterous shared deadlift with a bunch of people. Yeah. Like, and the last time I did anything, like, you know, it's rapid. Sorry, this is a massive deviation. Mm, what you do. But, um, one of those things, the the injury thing, jumped me back uh, back to that. You had a concussion. Yeah, well, I've got, um, I'm currently, <laughs> I have post-concussion syndrome, which is a very long-term concussion, um, which is interesting. I, um, I've been concussed since May. I... Um, I thought it was getting better and most recently I'm I'm still experiencing symptoms of it. So um a, yeah, post concussion syndrome is basically a long concussion and nobody knows when it's going to end. <laughs> Which is a whole lot of fun. fun. Um and it's very I did a bit of research not scaremongering um when I first was diagnosed and um yeah, lots of kind of like accounts that I've read have said it's a very sort of non-linear journey and um People have had it for like six months and some people have had it for like three years. So, um, yeah, I'm currently concussed, <laughs> which is um, which is interesting. I'm learning to work with it. Um, but the the main problem being that I can't work with it. So um, obviously a kind of backstage environment where it's dark and loud and there are flashing lights and loud, you know, loud music um, and things could be quite stressful or happen quite quickly is kind of like the number one worst environment for having a head injury. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. um that's what I'm battling with at the moment. I'm I'm doing a kind of I've been very lucky to be able to um be recovering in lovely Dorset. And so I've been doing lots of um walking and walking the dog and most recently I've been swimming, but unfortunately I can't go to the gym, which is driving me mad. <laughs> um so it's been a good it's been a good kind of I I've said that I've sort of accidentally manifested myself a rest because I was really getting a bit preachy about guys, we should be resting more and we should all be waking up with the sun and going to bed when it gets dark. And we should all be thinking about rest in terms of mental health. And I was kind of teeing up for, I was working from October and then I went straight onto another job with maybe like three days um, in between in January and then I double jobbed and then started another job and I was going to do that all the way into October and then have a week off and then start another job. So I accidentally manifested myself a rest that I <laughs> was not expecting. But um, yes, I'm currently injured at the moment and um, I don't know what sort of what the finish line is going to look like. And um, I don't know if I can go back to my job because I don't know how long this is going to last. So mm. I don't know if I'm like safe to be in that environment. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. That's so fascinating. Uh, quick question. Are you comfortable talking about yeah, absolutely. the incident as well? Yeah. Like, um, I think, I guess question one then is like, how did that actually happen? How did that happen? So I was hit on the head um, by something large and heavy. Um, which was moving at speed. And so quite unusually, um, during was, a show. Te- technically, yes. Yes. Um, so obviously like many literal moving parts kind of, it was all sort of went, nothing was as it should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so unusually I got hit like directly on the top of the head, which is somebody explained to me afterwards. It's, it's not a thing that normally happens. So like if you no. normally say you've got like 
I don't know when people would get a concussion from maybe like playing in a rugby game or a boxing match or something. It's usually kind of like the side of your head yeah. Yeah. Um, where your bone is much stronger, whereas the top of your head is um, quite soft. So <laughs> I think that's a bit of a, a complication. So yes, I got hit on the top of the head by a large moving heavy object. And were you... Uh, were you knocked out at that point? Or did you... Amazingly, no, I wasn't knocked out. Um, She's hard. <laughs> She's hard. <laughs> I was knocked to the ground and um, I saw said big piece coming in at speed and I sort of ninja rolled away and then ran the... into the wing and um, everyone around me went into like, oh my gosh, are you okay kind of mode. And as we've discussed, I used to play rugby and um, I... I'm sure I've probably been concussed or been whacked on the head before. And I was, and I've, you know, had first aid training and stuff and I'm a kind of sensible person. And so I was like, I think I'm fine. Like, I feel fine. I don't feel sick. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to pass out. Like I can see normally, like for all intensive purposes, like I think I'm fine. And everyone kept checking in on me and um, I was kind of fine for a few days. And then over a period of about 10 days, I just got kind of worse and worse. So like more dizzy and just more kind of really unaware of what was going on. And just, there was a point where I just thought maybe, maybe I'm not okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And that's when I went to hospital and had a CT scan and um, they confirmed that I was not, not great. Do you know what? You were describing a deeply traumatic event and you managed to make it sound like you were a, a ninja. <laughs> I hope I was a ninja. I hope I come across as a ninja. Yeah, so you're, you're yeah. dressed all in black. Down, out of the way, duck and roll up. Oh my god, are you okay? I'm fine. Guys, I'm probably fine. Get I'm me close to this microphone. Yeah. I'm fine. Uh, it works. I'm fine. It works one more time. I'm fine. Give us your best one, Holly. I'm fine. Mm, Medium. I think I think Holly's oh, wins. No. What? what? No, I like Bobby's. Come on, oh. hold on. Kindness. I'm fine. Oh, pretty good. Better. I mean, if you did it naturally, vibes? then yes. I did do it. I did do that naturally. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? How dare you? If I haven't seen you press the button, then how I'm dare you? Be fully what button? There's no buttons. <laughs> no, I'm seeing buttons. Um, so uh, then, ten days afterwards, you go, okay, this is a problem. I've had yeah. a CT scan. They say, hey, you're suffering from this concussion at that yes, point. Yes, yeah, concussion at that point. So uh, that, they use some lovely terminology, um, which was your brain is um, swollen and traumatized. <laughs> Which is always great to uh-huh. hear. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And I think quite like quite a lot of people I've heard the term concussion. I kind of knew what it meant. Somebody told me that I was concussed. I was handed a very helpful leaflet that told me about concussion and what I might expect. And um but I didn't really know kind of the ins and outs of it and what that actually meant. Um certainly I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago during the Rugby World Cup and they were so hot on head injuries. And mm. if anyone got even brushed, they would stop and just completely take them off the pitch. And they still do that. Yeah. Even then, I think, I think even then I didn't know the full extent of it. So, um, a concussion is actually categorized as a minor brain injury, which you also don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, I need that work. <laughs> All of it. Um, but one of the, one of the main things that I just totally didn't expect is, how much a concussion um, like knocks your confidence. And so as much as like having a physical knock, it was a real like literal and metaphorical knock. Mm. And I just did not know what to do with myself for like a good four weeks. So I had to go through um, a process of, I was like, okay, so I need to rest now. I don't really know how to rest. Like I'm the kind of person who um, I'll be up at, like I love to get up at five. People think I'm insane. And I will get up at five and do some writing and do some Pilates and go to the gym 
go and get a coffee, read my book, like have a little walk around a park and then arrive at work at like 11 and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) So um, someone telling me to rest, I was like, hmm, how does one do that? (laughs) What do I do with my time? I don't know what that is exactly. Um, So there were quite a few occasions where I would just be lying on my bed and be like, I'm, I'm resting. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm resting. Is this right? Like, is this how you, um, but yeah, a big, a big thing that I did not expect was, um, the kind of mental knock that I took in terms of just not really being sure of anything. And it was, um, yeah, quite a, quite an experience. It's, it's a fascinating one, uh, from a, from an outside perspective. And I hope you don't take that the wrong way that, you know, how do you go about that recovery process? Cause I, I want to touch on, you said that, you know, a forced career change, which I'm assuming is because of this potential yeah. and, uh, you know, the, mentally the knock on effects of that must be an emotional trauma as well as this physical trauma that you're going through. But how do you then go about that rest? So previously, you know, you're extraordinarily physically active. You go to the gym regularly. You ran. Bobby was telling me your marathon time. It's preposterous. Um, <laughs> I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, uh, it was, I believe, if I can remember rightly, three hours 47. That's hours correct. Yeah. <laughs> Casual marathon. Just, just These tiny legs. Day I was worry. thinking earlier as well. They should categorize runners like they do boxers. Like for, because you know boxers are weight categories. Yeah. I was thinking runners, you should be like leg length category because I'm a quite a short runner and my step in comparison to you know what that sounds um, like <laughs> something a short person would say <laughs> something I say all the time. I'm like, I'm like, I love being short about, I love it <laughs> what about weight though what about weight and when you run because you've got to cut more weight yeah it's true yeah, okay fair. so you can't categorize but we're having loads of categories saying, but <laughs> oh you have to categorize more like power to weight ratio <laughs> oh okay yeah maybe there's, a, maybe there's a specific calculation okay fine we can come up with one yeah, yeah. we don't have time no no but we, we can fit that in I feel, my like, calculation. I feel like a couple of hours I could work one out. Easy. <laughs> I look forward to Got it. it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see if it matches up with the times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with, yeah, I'll be like, Tenka, I ran it quicker than you. And you're like, but you didn't actually know, <laughs> did you? Um, uh, so with this now, you're, you're going, right, this isn't going away. Yeah. What has that process been like for you emotionally? Yeah, great question. Um, ooh, so last year when I was on tour with School of Rock, um, I was going through some fun, emotion, like personal circumstances. And um, I am not the kind of person to open up about things. I'm very sort of stoic and I'll deal with my own problems and I'll deal with them over here. And and when I'm when I'm ready, I'll, I'll come back to you guys and we'll just all carry on. And um, a friend of mine was really encouraging about how I should open up and speak about things. And, you know, crying gets stuff off your chest and it's cathartic and it's a process and you need to do it. And I was very resistant. Um, and then once I did actually open up as people had kept telling me to get things off my chest and share things, um, it was a really helpful process for me. So, um, during this process, I've, it's, it's been kind of not more difficult, but, um, I think cause I was saying like, I've not been feeling myself. It's been quite hard to kind of process exactly how I'm feeling, but, um, just sharing and talking and talking through things with people. And I'm, um, I've been going on a lot of long walks, which I love to do. And I haven't been able to, um, like listen to music or listen to podcasts or look at my, my phone very much, which has actually also been a really good process, especially in this kind of modern world. Um, and so what I do a lot is I, um, send my friends voice notes and they all jokingly say that they get little personal podcasts from me (laughs) (laughs) and they're often kind of like 11 or 12 minutes long, but, um, 
I will then listen to them back. And it's so interesting to hear yourself speaking about something because you're like, oh, that that's how I feel about that. And I'm hearing me and my voice saying that. And I can't really argue with that. And it's just, it, it makes things like quite clear. And it was, it's a really, I, I guess it's kind of like a, a form of therapy and be almost self-therapizing. And um, yeah, that's been a, use, a really useful process for me. Um, I'm again, frustratingly for some people, sometimes quite a, I've once described myself as a relentlessly optimistic person. Um, and I, I was about to say like, like happy go lucky is probably another term that I'm, that is kind of like a bit difficult in terms of like a l- luck being a difficult term. Cause I'm very aware now that, um, Oh, somebody's just happy all the time. It's not quite as simple as that, but I'm, lucky and I'm blessed to be have an optimistic outlook on life so I've been able to um there was a time when people said to me I really hope you're enjoying your time off or I hope you're making the most of it and I'm like are you okay (laughs) (laughs) just my holiday (laughs) god yes I'll just make the most of this thanks so much (laughs) um but just kind of that I I went down a path of um like maybe I've maybe I've been hit on the head I don't want to do that everything happens for a reason thing but maybe there's I've been hit on the head for a reason kind of thing um and I mean there are so many things that you can't change and something that I heard a long time ago was you're only in control of how you respond to things and so that's what I've been really focusing on and um I've been kind of taking all the health and wellness things that I have learned over the years and trying to kind of gather them and put them into, into practice. So kind of, I did try meditating. It didn't go very well, but I did try it. Um, and like taking time to like read books and like, there was a time where I couldn't read books actually, which was very heartbreaking, but I've got there now. Um, but yeah, I think without being too morbid and like too extreme, um, I'm very lucky. I'm actually lucky in this instance to have just been hit on the head and just have a long concussion. Like it could have been a lot worse. So I hang on to that quite a lot. Um, and oh, I've kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, that's okay. Yes, you kind of covered everything beautifully that, uh, from the from the question. So uh, thank you for going with the train of thought. Sure. I think it's really fascinating. You know, we mentioned this a fair whack on the podcast that Bobby and I have, have both been injured many times I managed to concuss myself in a show like an absolute moron because I ran directly into a light um, and that took quite some time I think I've mentioned to you before yeah. when we were discussing it uh, but obviously nothing like what you're you're experiencing um, now and I just know how rough that is yeah and uh, so hopefully the recovery is speedy we're getting there for sure that's the mm. main thing i keep people keep asking me how i am and i'm like i'm better that's the main thing like i'm definitely better which yeah. is good um i've got a scan in a couple of weeks which is um it's not an mri it's an mra which i didn't oh these faces Magnet- <laughs> i didn't know it was a thing <laughs> magnetic resonance angiogram okay is that the word? Uh, well, that is a word. That is a thing. Um, so it's kind of like a deeper dive into my brain um, to see what's going on um, and why, kind of like potentially why it's not getting better, better. as quickly as they had hoped. There might be another another element as well as the concussion. So I'm just we'll waiting, to, waiting mm. to hear about that. And then, um, but, but, you know, more information. 
more information. I mean, who gets like an MRI scan of their brain? That's quite interesting as well, isn't yeah, it? So yeah. hopefully one day I can see that. And um, Ask for a copy of it. Yeah, please. Can I have a copy of my brain, please? Yeah, <laughs> I want to see it. I've got a copy of my brain. Do you? Of course you do. Yeah. I've had MRIs on my brain, but I've never been, like, been able to keep the... Yeah, I've got, I've got the CD. But that's because you had fancy healthcare. <laughs> I've, had, I've had many. Also, I've had like many scans on my brain. Yes, so. all the time. Wallpaper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was going to say about that? Um, just to touch on what you said. You know, I think actually you said I'm an optimistic person. Uh, you know, you said that like everything happens for a reason, but really you go, oh, there, there is a world where you weren't hit on the head and that would have been arguably better because you wouldn't have been hit on the head. But there's yeah. so many positive outcomes that we can find from this too. And I, it sounds like that's what you're focusing on. And I think Absolutely. That, that's the difference of what Outlook can, yeah. can yeah. make for people. And, you know, there's a lot of evidence now to support that how you think about your illness or injury yeah. affects your recovery to yeah. a dramatic extent or whether you recover at all. So it can only be a positive thing that we're uh, that you're looking at it that way. And I am um, this reverse manifesting that I was talking about, all the things that I was harking on to my team about, like we should really be taking our, care of ourselves. And um, I, at one point I would like to do this and I would like to do that. Like, although for the most part, I've been quite concussed and not be able to do the research and stuff that I've wanted to, um, I have really been able to slow down and kind of like take things easy and, you know, I was talking about how in our industry we work these crazy hours and we're always literally in the dark and <laughs> not getting enough vitamin D mm. and not spending enough time in nature. And I've been um, in some ways blessed with, although it's been tricky, kind of three months and I've just been, you know, outside in the sunshine and spending time on my own and, and with my thoughts, which is a real privilege. And um, I was talking, like I kept saying about how I wanted to learn a bit more about personal training and nutrition and that's another reason why I contacted you guys in the beginning so um for context I contacted you guys to ask about um personal training qualifications and um if you had any recommendations because again we briefly spoke about earlier I think there's a big kind of gap in terms of the touring theatre especially mm -hmm. and people looking after themselves I know that um the a lot of companies are appointing like a wellness officer now. Hmm. Um, and I actually tried to reach out to our wellness officer um, because of my injury and stuff, but um, it's a bit too complicated my case. But I know that that wellness officer is mostly appointed to look after people in kind of mental health, which is a wonderful thing. Um, and I kind of see a gap for physical health, yeah. especially mm. for um, our industry and touring people and backstage people. And so I was threatening for a while and saying, you know, I want to learn more about um, personal training and fitness and well-being. And so I actually, a couple of weeks ago, have started a, a PT qualification, which I'm yes. hugely excited about. And I, I wouldn't have had the time to do that if I was on tour yeah. weekly. So yes, we're looking, we're looking at the good, the good things and putting good things. We agree it. with you about the gap. Yeah, um, okay, I'm going to fill the gap, guys. <laughs> I agree with the gap. Um, so, I suppose on that kind of topic, is there anything about health and wellness or theatre or anything at all that you'd like to see get in the bin? Get in the bin. I've got a few bin things. Oh. I, don't know if, I don't know if that's allowed. Uh, it's <laughs> looking empty. Let's fill her up. Yeah, let's go. Um, so, a uh, number one thing that I want to get in the bin is um, like false protein advertising yes. So, yes. <laughs> when you see like a flapjack in the shop and it says like added protein and I mean a lot of people I'm again I feel like I'm blessed with some some small education on nutrition and that's just kind of like pursuing fitness and um for my own interest but if I was kind of like not knowing at all what I was looking at and thinking because 
Protein's really marketed these mm -hmm. days towards people, but without giving enough information. If I was looking and thinking, oh gosh, I need to get more protein into my diet because I've been told that to be physically fit. And and then you're you're kind of grabbing these off-the-shelf products, protein, protein, protein. I think it's really misleading yeah. and really unhelpful and also often not like good good sources of protein, which is, is a bit of a problem. So yes, false protein advertising, I would like yeah. to get in the bin. Straight in the bin. I think it's very unhelpful. Done. Mars bar protein in the bin. <laughs> Added protein oh, is God, the Mars new low protein. fat. Oh, Mars really bar protein. Mars bar protein. Snickers protein. Oh God. Like, I, somebody gave me a protein bagel the other day. I was like, why is this a thing? Oh, yeah. Although like, they do actually contain a, for, for bread, a fair whack of protein. Yeah, but I was like, that's not why I'm coming for bread. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm coming for bread. <laughs> coming for bread. Because a bagel is delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a protein bagel. Was it like chai an onion, the New York bagels. I think it might have even been. Well, oh no, not with protein. Not with the protein. Say, just the, the green packaging. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about I'm cinnamon and raisin. That's fantastic. If you were just having the bagel, like yeah. if you're having a oh, bagel yeah, yeah. with just some a bagel butter, on that, its own, yeah. you're filling bagel. that bagel with some delicious things. Oh, a chive and onion one, and everything bagel, surely. Yeah. Yeah. And by everything you mean bacon, eggs. Well, there's, no, no, there's, there's, there's an the everything, everything bagel. bagel. Oh, what's in that? Oh. Everything. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's got like onion, poppy seeds, sesame yeah. seeds. Like they just oh, throw everything in it. Oh, everything has got a bagel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want that. Sure, it's quite nice. <laughs> She's okay. a goodie. Surprisingly what's that nice. There's that bagel place on Tottenham Court Road. And the, like Beagle Bakery or something. Oh, Ooh. slap, yeah. I've not been. Oh, it's a good one. I do not know this. And I clearly don't know today. what it's called, so good luck finding it. Can't <laughs> wait. I'm just going to just roam down the road. I need a bagel. Where are the bagels? Somebody direct me to the bagel. What other bins um, are there? Other bin things. Um, I'm a Pure Gym user, not massively by choice, but because when I'm touring, it's a really wonderful option. Yeah. Um, because consistency-wise. But I really can't bear the the things that they put in vending machines at the gym it infuriates me i'm looking at i kind of have a bit of a gripe against like ready made protein shakes <laughs> i would rather buy like a bottle of water and like a sachet of protein there's something about it sitting in that bottle that just really puts me off yeah but um i just think they should be putting things like bananas and like just stuff that's actually good for you will actually fuel your like I used to be a real oh I was going to say a bad word then but um, a real fiend I will say for for a monster I can't have um, and a pre-workout um, that used to be me I can't have caffeine anymore because of the old mm. head but um, yeah I just think those products I can see why they're in those vending machines and I can I used to them. use them yep. yeah, yeah. but I just think that if you're in that environment where you're promoting you're there to you know promote health, health and wellness and um, it's not a healthy way to to carry on. So I think, yeah, let's get bananas in in vending um, machines. So I think, I like yeah, that. done. Kind I like of that terrible lot. products. And was there another? And my third is um, oh, just kind of general. Um, this idea that the fitness and wellness industry is kind of untouchable and expensive. That really gropes me. Um, I'm a big advocate for just kind of like getting outside and going for a walk and how much of a like a good impact that will have on your mental health mm. and um i think there are lots of spaces where obviously there are lots of spaces where it's being that kind of message is being put across but there are lots of spaces where it's kind of like come to this really bougie pilates studio or you need to like pay such and such a trainer x amount of month and you need to be wearing lululemon and you can't go running unless you've bought these 200 pound pair of trainers and you have to buy all these protein products on top and i think that really people it ostracizes people before they've even thought about learning mm. yeah how to look after themselves I and think so the price of lululemon leggings alone is enough to oh my that. gosh the lululemon crowd they made me feel bad man <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot they're smooth though 
I'm yeah. sure they last. The, to- the tops don't fit, though. I don't, the I men's don't. tops. The <laughs> men's tops. The men's tops. Men's tops yeah, are terrible. No, that's bad. Do not fit. Do you have any advice for somebody who would want to enter the same industry as you? Yes, my advice would be to just ask lots of questions. Um, I think certainly at the moment, um, my industry is a little bit thin on the ground uh, certainly a lot of people that i trained with and went to theater school with have um, dropped out of the industry after covid and so there's a lot of there's a lot of gaps and um like we were saying earlier in inverted commas it's who you know but um you can get to know people by asking questions i don't know or haven't worked with anybody who would be unwilling to kind of have somebody come and shadow them on a show or offer some advice or um, just yeah, share some experiences. So kind of, I'm a real question asker just in my in my day to day and um, in my personal life recently, it's really paid off. For example, I messaged Huel and who I love and just asked if they could send me some free some products because I was kind of like down on down and out. And they were like, yeah, great. Here's here's a load of protein products that we can send you to kind of assist you in your recovery, which is amazing. So just kind of ask, ask questions and um, reach out to people. And I think if people aren't willing to help you, then you probably don't want their help anyway. Um, Fair. Yeah. Done. I love that. Yeah. Um, It's now time. Oh, it's time. Without changing your facial expression, Holly. I was too. Um, We need to guess. Mm-hmm. what we think has happened I wonder yeah. uh, we should team up alright let's team up okay. we, don't, we don't keep scoring anymore no, so we might, well, yeah, yeah. might as well do this together uh, thoughts okay. what do you think the lie was anybody who doesn't have a clue what's going on I should say now we're about to guess they moved closer as well just so everybody knows what's happening oh, they're almost touching tips and by tips I mean elbows <laughs> <laughs> touching mics that's what all you can see <laughs> oh gosh you did yeah <laughs> here we go why is your top so sweaty Bobby many reasons you've only seen one of my hands for the last hour um, so what okay. do you have anything I'm going to be honest no oh. uh, I have one possible that like I would like like give a wild guess okay I think that Holly has lied okay I, I do th- yeah I actually agree I do think Holly's lied um, and I think it might be about the positions in rugby okay that, I was rugby was where I was at Okay. I was wondering, my thought was maybe she didn't get to the, the level the, she the, said. The level above county. The whatever, region. The region one, yeah. Southwest. Maybe the southwest west west was, uh, was a decoy. Okay, so do we do that or we go maybe she what, she didn't, she never played centre or something like that. Like, like Because she knew a lot about uh, yeah. the... Um, maybe she was never a loose head prop. Well, that was the one she really sold that. Yeah, but maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Okay, well, let's choice. just say generic... It was one of the positions. Or one of the we... rugby positions was a lie. Yeah, let's go with that. Oh, All right. oh I think you might have been right with the other one. Okay. Let's, we'll let's, see, let's see, let's see. We think that the lie was one of the positions you claim to have played playing rugby. I would love it if that was the lie, but no, no. I really tried hard to lie and I prepped my lie before I came. Oh. No, I did play for Southwest North, which is ridiculous. Oh, wow. I was going to bamboozle you guys and be like, hey, this is not my bag. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's not my bag. <laughs> I just. I'm so sorry I didn't lie I failed you there but um oh I need a second I've just realized I've done something uh Bobby give me one minute of your time please well one minute of my like finest work yes okay I can give you some of my finest work I'm gonna go into deep into my uh toolkit of sound effects hold on I'm gonna I've got some oh hold on there's 
This is your little background music. Okay. Whilst you work. I hope whilst, you like it. Whilst I do a little bit of work, uh, should be pulled. Sh- oh, oh, oh. It's popping up. That's it's nasty. Slapping. That's nasty. <laughs> I've got to remember. Now I've got, I've made my own job more difficult because I've now got to remember that I have to add that track into the mix. Oh, what, will that come through? Otherwise, it will just be silence and people will think, what's that? What are they talking about? Might be funny. There's no music. <laughs> there is music. Oh, um, back up. Please, please. I'm just going to wait because this is so funny. It's great. It's a vibe. Uh, it's bringing the vibes up. Okay, I'm, yeah, and, and we're, we're kind of back. I, oh, I, was, I just started listening to that track, so that was really bizarre. That was but, fun. Bobby, do you want to preface? Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's play a game. Uh, let's play a game. <laughs> uh, yeah, give, it in the, give us in the full sore <laughs> voice. No, I can't do the sore voice. Um, we're going to play a game of this or that. <laughs> okay. So it's going to be one minute on the clock. It's going to be a lightning round a la friends. Stefan's going to give you two options. You've got a big one. Okie dokie, I'm ready. Are we ready? Okay. Three, two. One, go. Eggs or bacon? Eggs. White bread or brown bread? Brown. The US office or friends? Friends. Cardio or resistance training? Resistance. McDonald's or Burger King? Neither. Singing or acting? Neither. DSM or stage manager? (laughs) Stage manager. Yoga or Pilates? Pilates. Family Guy or Love Island? Family Guy. Domino's Pizza or Papa John's? Neither. Sport or dance? (laughs) Sport. Alcohol or chocolate? Neither. Matching socks or mismatching socks? Matching. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Huel or real food? Huel. Game of Thrones or Glee? Game of Thrones. Book or Kindle? Book. Clean shaven or beard? Clean shaven. Personal chef or personal style? Personal chef. Guitar or piano? Guitar. Sexy body or sexy mind? Sexy mind. Shower or bath? Shower. Built for athletes or other bags? Built for athletes. <laughs> Dogs or babies? <laughs> babies. Snakes or badgers? Snakes. Theme park or water park? Theme park. Running or walking? Running. Tea or coffee? Tea. Bobby or Stefan? Bobby Fan. Oh! oh! 41? Yeah. <laughs> you know what, like, someone who has listened to this podcast before. <laughs> that was, that was, Can I you imagine I if I even, was revising? <laughs> I didn't even finish some of those questions and My you knew the answer. My heart's actually getting so fast. That was, that was, that is, that's, that's, that's an official record, world record. I had to make up for the not lying, although I, I'm pleased to have not lied. Yeah. 41, 41 for the seconds. Best. We need to write that down because we keep forgetting what the record yeah, yeah, is. What's well, that is now the record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Check that heart rate. <laughs> Yeah, it's raised. Yeah, yeah it's raised. 73, yeah. but I'm oh, yes. usually arresting. Oh, 46 at one point today. Love. Wow. She's very zen, guys. She's very zen. She's asleep. She's very relaxed. <laughs> well, Holly, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks yes, for thank having you. Me. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully, if you are back and well, you'll be at the Panto at the Palladium. I mean, we'll see. Uh, by the hopefully. time it says. And if not, you'll be smashing something else fantastic, hopefully um, making everybody else well. That's the plan. Um, (laughs) And thank you at home or wherever you might be for listening. Absolutely. And if you've enjoyed this episode, click those like and subscribe buttons and find us on Instagram at fit2 underscore talk. As always, if you've got any questions you want answered, slip slide in those DMs. I'm going to be in there making myself a badge for my bag. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you like what you've heard, we have been fit to talk with our wonderful guest, Holly Tilt, and me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you didn't like it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out.